0: Hello and welcome to the Aussie Nerds podcast. Today we're going to talk about The Departed. Because you've got to say it like that.
1: Freaking uh, departed, bud.
0: Freaking departed. Uh, which apparently is the best movie ever made, according to Nathan from the Bang Average Movie podcast.
1: It is, and I will die on that mountain.
0: I mean, you have an all-star cast, along with one of the best directors currently working. So, no, like, this, you know, this
1: was just destined to
0: be awesome. So, uh, I haven't seen a cast this great since movie 43.
1: Yeah, that, that was an all star cast, but not a good movie. <laughs> Shows how good the director has to be. <laughs> so true. It's amazing what a good director will do compared to a bad director. It is, it, it's absolutely amazing the difference between someone who knows how to direct people and somebody who is still kind of trying to figure it out. It, it's, it It makes so much difference
0: i we, we open uh with um with the bad guys. We are introduced to our bad guys first, which I think is an interesting way of doing
1: it. This is one of my favorite openings to any movie, obviously because it's my favorite, so I'm a little biased, but I mean, fair. Um, the opening line that uh, <laughs> Frank has Frank. Costello who's the main mob boss he says "Um, I don't want to be a product of my environment I want my environment to be a product of me and that is the first thing you hear and you can already tell just by his delivery and how he presents himself because in the first couple or the first scene he is only presented in shadows so he's always like this mysterious figure until he comes out into the sunlight um, when, he's, when he's talking to the young Colin um, Colin Sullivan um, and I just I love that reveal um, when he walks out into the sunlight as he's just I can't remember exactly what the line is uh, oh when you're facing a loaded gun what's the difference and he just uh, appears into the light and you're just like oh
0: it's so good yeah it's you can tell it's reveal. so good I and um it's like these guys are racist and homophobic and sexist and it's just like
1: yeah dude that's just boston that's just bad guys <laughs> that's that's just boston for you
0: Uh when did you first watch this movie
1: i think i watched this first in like 2007 or 2008 so i was still in middle school i think so the fact that my parents let me watch this was an absolute godsend <laughs> cuz if I'm sure they knew what they were getting into. It's a movie about the Boston mob, so...
0: I mean, uh, what can you expect? This, probably.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really dark comedy, thriller, action, cat-and-mouth. It, it's, it's just so many good things. Um, there are some people who will disagree with me, my brother-in-law being wrong. one of them.
0: <laughs> this is really good. And, like, you can't be offended by it because the people that are saying offended stuff are the bad guys.
1: Well, even the good guys will get homophobic and racist. And they, I have a feeling that they're there. also just bad people in general. Everyone in this movie is amoral. They are not... They're all gray. They're not defined as good and evil. They're all in between somewhere. Um, yes. It's uh- whether all left of center or right of center yeah <laughs> I guess the term would be morally ambiguous
0: yeah that would do it. Um, it it's it's on my chart by the way I have a chart of a hundred movies to watch before you die and every time I watch a new movie I check the chart I don't go for the chart first and this one was on it So, do you mind if
1: I ask what number it was
0: uh, I do because now I have to check
1: I'm <laughs> <Hey>, um. <laughs> sorry These are not numbered. Oh. Well, whatever number it is, it's too low.
0: I can't find it. Doesn't matter. No worries. The point is it's on there somewhere.
1: So it's... Excuse me. It's a phenomenal movie, regardless of where it is on that list. Yeah. It's really fucking good. Yeah. So one of the things that really struck me the first time I watched this is, if I'm not mistaken, it was either this film or Psycho. That was the first film I ever saw where the lead actor died halfway through.
0: Yeah. That's really
1: interesting. Or halfway. Whatever, he died near the end.
0: Well well, the um in Psycho it's revealed that instead of it being like a stalker slasher movie, it's a murder mystery, but we follow the victim for like an hour.
1: Yeah. It it's it sets up the scene so perfectly and then completely throws everything out the window and it's like, All right, we're starting anew. And in um, so there you go. Figure it out.
0: Yeah, and in this one, the um, when Jack Nicholson um, dies, we still have like the third act. It's like, yeah, he's dead, and everything's fine technically. But now we have like the um, the corruption in the police that we still need to deal with, and uh, we still have the cat and mouse game.
1: Yeah, this this movie doesn't end until the last seconds of the movie. It's really fucking cool. This this was your first time watching this film, right? Um, what did you think about it? other than the fact that it was great.
0: (laughs) I thought that that the fact that they're using old, uh, like touch uh, typing phones, where you have to press the button three times to get a letter, and they're doing that in their pocket, uh, without looking one-handed (laughs) while talking. I'm like, I can't do that today. That is some <laughs> serious typing skills.
1: That that pocket texting is almost so unbelievable. The only reason I can believe it is because I went to high school with a kid who was able to do that. He would just sit in class with his phone next to his side and still be looking at the whiteboard while texting, having a full-on conversation with people. It was the most bonkers thing I've ever seen.
0: That is the most unrealistic part of this bonkers movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh- <clears throat> Um, but yeah, the, the use of the flip phones really takes you back to 2006 when nobody had iPhones and that was the only way to communicate. My
0: um, first phone was a, uh, was a flip phone. I got it for 20 bucks. It was probably a knockoff.
1: <laughs> nice. My first phone was also a flip phone. Um, I got it when I was 16. Um, and then I didn't upgrade to a smartphone until three months ago. Wow. Yeah. I was that guy to my friends. Every time I met someone, they'd be like, oh, can I get your number? And I was like, okay, I'd pull out my flip phone. And they're just like, what the fuck is this? It's this is like it. a relic from an ancient era. It's, it was so funny. I went on a date with someone who was a couple years younger than me, and they were fascinated by the fact that I still had a flip phone. And they were like, "How do you text people?" And I'm like, "It has a keyboard. It's not like it's not usable. <laughs> like I can still communicate with people."
0: <laughs> um and plus, you get to hang up the way that I've always wanted to hang up, which is by closing the phone.
1: That's such such a good feeling when you're just like, "And you suck it." <laughs> you can't do that with a, a smartphone. You suck it. <laughs> I'm gonna poke a button. <laughs> it's much more satisfying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, one of the things that I learned about this movie that I didn't actually know the first time that I had seen it was that this was an Americanized adaptation of the film Internal Affairs. Have you ever heard of that movie? I
0: have, and I think I heard that piece of trivia like ages ago in the back of my head, but I forgot it because I didn't watch The Departed.
1: Yeah, so, Internal Affairs is a Hong Kong film, and it, it's essentially the same movie as The Departed, well, rather, I should say The Departed is essentially the same movie as Internal Affairs, mm-hmm. uh, like, almost beat for beat. That's cool. Similar. So, if, if, you, if you get a chance, I suggest you watch it because it's it's so striking how similar they are, even down to, like, individual lines. Like, the scene where the two people are talking about who's cops, that entire scene was basically ripped from internal affairs. Um, now, I say ripped. They, did, they made The Departed in conjunction with the production company that made internal affairs. I believe it was Asia Media Group. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong about that fact. Don't fact-check me on that.
0: Oh, I barely know how to use Google. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's pretty confusing. Um, but it, it's it's so striking. Um, it's essentially the same thing. It's a mob boss with, who plants a mole in the police department, and then they select a police cadet to plant in the mob. Um, the diff- There's a couple differences. One of them is the fact that the... Internal Affairs starts off when they're first, like, like The Departed, it starts off seeing how they got into these positions. Um, But then um, it jumps forward 10 years. So all, all the events in Internal Affairs happen way farther into the future, whereas The Departed, you see them move into things, and you really get to see the intimate details of William Costigan's life, uh, going, like, getting promoted in the mob, as well as Colin Sullivan's promotion in the uh, police force, that you don't really get in Internal Affairs. Um, but it's it's so striking how similar they are. Like, even the cast that they, the the cop rat has, there is a scene in each of them where the cast gets broken because they think there's a wire in it. Um, and it's just it's so cool to see the similarities, um, but it 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 does make me feel a little bit sad that this wasn't an entirely original idea from Scorsese.
0: Well, adapting something is almost as hard as um, creating something new. And besides, most things are adapted from something else. Like you got yeah. books and scripts and uh, influences. Even Star Wars started off yeah. as The
1: Hidden um, Fortress Part Two, basically. Yeah. Hidden fortress in space.
0: Yeah. He wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie, but he couldn't get the rights (laughs) to Flash Gordon. So he made Star Wars.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I did not know that.
0: Yeah. Um, I like ripping people off is fine. As long as you do it properly.
1: Yeah. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery.
0: Exactly. I appreciate that the mob, uh, that the mob bosses plan involved was like a 10 year plan that started by recruiting a 12-year-old, and it's just like, "Hey, you want to make money? See me in 10 years. Also, let's well, do these exact things."
1: Yeah, that's the thing with Frank. He's always thinking 10 steps ahead until he gets outthought by the cops, and it just, and then everything—excuse me—I hit my mic. Everything just starts to crumble in on him towards the end of the movie, and you can see that in the way that he holds himself in the film. One of my favorite scenes in this film is when Frank and William are talking about the rat situation that they have. And Frank is drawing that picture of all the rats swarming the Capitol building. And he just has this weird air to him as he's talking to him. And then when uh, William says the line about, I'd shoot your fucking head right off right now. And then Frank drops the gun and then picks it up and points it directly at William. That is such a powerful moment in the scene because you can see that Frank does not give a fuck. And he's just losing his mind. So he's trying to figure out if this guy that he trusts so very much is the actual rat. And he's, you can see the anger in his face. It's, just, it's such a great performance by Jack Nicholson. I I always get his name mixed up because Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholson, and Phil Nicholson. Oh no, dude! It because I grew up watching golf, so Jack Nicholas and Phil Nicholson. I always just combine them and can't remember which (coughs) Jack, which Jack. So I always get (laughs) so Jack Nicholson is the actor. Um, (laughs) I'm I I love this movie. I can tell. <laughs> um, my, yeah, my,
0: it's, my favorite scene is when, um, is when it's the, the investigation's over, and he has the flip phone, and he's like, oh, I can just call him back. I forget which one did it. Was it the cop or the mobile was It was
1: uh, Sergeant Sullivan who called William first, and then um, William picks up the phone and says nothing, And then he hangs up and then gets like puts all of his stuff together and then he's looking at the phone and then calls him back. That's so so William initiated the conversation, but Colin initiated the first call.
0: Oh it's such a tense moment.
1: Yeah, that scene holds so much tension, and that that's one of the more brilliant scenes too, is just how well Martin Scorsese shows you the emotion of these characters. Without saying a word,
0: and um, you have like you have all of this build up, and like we we know that there's an FBI informant, and who knows who it is, and then we have uh, someone undercover, we know who that is. It's all it's a whole like game of cat and mouse that lasts the entire thing, and the tension just builds and builds and builds uh, until uh, he gets shot in the head.
1: Yeah, that scene took me by so much surprise because I did like, like I said, it's the first time that one of the main characters has been killed mid movie. And when that happened, the first time, I was just like, "Wait, what? What? Wait, no, he's not. He's not dead. What? No, the, the lead can't die. That doesn't happen. No, the, um, I wouldn't
0: call him the lead. Uh, so the the two uh, Jack and Lucas get shot. And he's not the lead, he's the villain. And then um, Leonardo DiCaprio gets shot. But that's towards, like, the end. That's, like, the last 20 minutes are happening now.
1: Yeah. Well, because everything builds to that last confrontation where um, after Captain Queenan is thrown out of the building and um, Colin Sullivan finds out that Frank is an FBI informant and William knows that he's about to, like fucking go up in flames so everything culminates in that scene where um the police finally catch frank and um after that you're like wait there's still like 20 minutes of this movie how is like they got the bad guy like what what else is there to do
0: then he gets shot in an elevator which is so cool not cool bro it's cool (laughs) it's a cool right reveal and the fact that like he's just playing it all out, and then he's like, "I'd like to give uh, my recommendation for what's his face to get honored in this way."
1: Yeah, get the Medal of Merit.
0: Mm. And before that happens, uh, we have the guy who's leading the internal the uh, investigation, um, and he gets fired or quits. I forget which.
1: Oh, Mac Wahlberg. Yeah, Mac Wahlberg. He's put on a leave of absence because he's not operating correctly. Yeah. Uh, it, he is probably my favorite character in the whole movie.
0: He's my favorite character in anything he's in.
1: <laughs> Mark fucking Wahlberg, bud. Greatest actor ever.
0: If, if he teamed up with Kurt Russell, I don't know what I'd do.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be, that'd be tough for you. Oh, Those are two phenomenal actors. Well, Mark Wahlberg's actually. Okay, he's not the greatest actor ever. He's in good things from time to time.
0: <laughs> I was in a good movie from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. I, I really like how, how this ends because you have him dying in an elevator and then it's like, holy shit. So like no one's around to prove him wrong, to prove that he's not the bad guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, how's this going to work out? And then Mark Webber, you're you're like, just like, wait, he's going to get away with it? Yeah. I mean, how 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 can that how can that happen? He's he and should it
0: get feel like it. a movie where he'd get away with it either.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I, I can tell like in some movies where the director wants you to feel like the villains should get away with it. Uh, this didn't feel like that. So I was like, what's going to happen? And then Mark Webber comes back and just dexters him.
1: Dude was set up for that hit. He had, like, the full hazmat suit, booties on to cover up his boot prints. Like, he had a... F- like, dude was tricked out. I loved how he performed that hit.
0: It was a good hit.
1: Um, now, were, were you aware that every main character who died in this film appeared on screen with some form of X?
0: Uh, No. Because that's so, the kind of weird, obsessive detail that you only get if you watch this movie more than five times.
1: Yeah. So Martin Scorsese <laughs> paid homage to the 19... I believe it was 1939 film, Scarface. It was the original Scarface before Al Pacino did his Scarface. Um, I, I because, didn't think
0: that the Al Pacino one was that old.
1: Yeah, I think the Al Pacino one was the
0: 70s? I want to say 80s. maybe 80s. Yeah.
1: Um, but every main character appears, who dies in the film appears with some form of X on screen. So for example, um, Captain Queenan, he's like the most on in the nose one in the shot where he's falling from the roof. There's a bunch of X's on the abandoned window or the abandoned wi- the windows of the abandoned building, excuse me. Um, And then Frank, in the first scene when he's walking across that auto shop, there's a couple I-beams that are in the shape of a cross in front of him. And then for Frank and uh, Colin, or not Frank, uh, William and Colin, there are multiple scenes. Um, There's like a light ray that casts an X in Colin's office. There's a couple X, like, I-beams in the... um, boston logan airport hallway that william's talking on the phone in um there's a bunch of other ones um but it was supposed to represent that they were like marked for death um and they were kind of supposed to represent like crosshairs and i i just love that attention to detail
0: it's i love like things like that because nothing's by accident and no and every little detail is just like i know what i'm gonna do
1: now that being said there are some things wrong with this movie so when when you when you said that this was the greatest movie of all time it's my favorite it's not the greatest it has some i I appreciate
0: that you can uh distinguish the the difference in that
1: yeah um first of all the actress who plays um, Madeline, the shrink, her Boston accent is not existent to garbage. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> it's literally so bad. I can't tell the difference between a bad accent and a good accent unless it's Australian.
1: Dude, I grew up around this shit. I am so well-versed in, like, Boston, New England accents. Um, but he... She tried. I give her that much. Accents are really hard to do. Yeah, but... God damn, she did not try hard enough. Because she would speak normally, and then like every once in a while, she'd drop her eyes. It's and it like she's felt, like,
0: all oh, right, Boston Boston. Oh.
1: It felt so forced, whereas um, Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg, it's flawless because they're from Boston.
0: Which is so, hilarious, because I assume that people from other places can just live in Boston. So like, yeah. I reckon a week with a bad accent, if I'm the director, I'm like,
1: just... Just use your no accent. It's fine. Who cares? Yeah, but you can't have a Boston movie without using your fucking Boston accent, bud. You gotta slip right into it. You gotta just get there and be fucking Mark Wahlbeck, dude.
0: (laughs) Well, fair enough. Best movie ever. Uh, Terrible accent though.
1: (laughs) Um and then there's one cut in particular that always bothers me and it has since I watched it the first time. It's the scene with cuts. Oh, it was the scene where William is talking to Madeline uh, in her house in the rainstorm. And it's. They're in the hallway where the kitchen is, and they're each in separate doorways. And then it cuts. And she is now sitting on the um, countertop, and Bill. <coughs> William, excuse me. That's <laughs> all right. Um, William is going in for. A kiss with her and I'm just like they, they were on separate sides of the rooms just then like you couldn't have sh- put a, a cut in there where he was like walking over to her like it's like he just ran across it's, it's like, like, like um, such, um, such a um, tiny mistake but it bothers me so much
0: I I can appreciate like getting bothered by tiny details sometimes they don't matter sometimes they do
1: um, like ultimately this one doesn't matter i'm just being nitpicky and annoying
0: nitpicky. it's fine <laughs> who cares but what matters is that it, you get the feel of what the scene means right like yeah. there's um i forget what it is i think it's more the uh kevin smith movie with stan lee in it and, yeah and there's a great scene where stan lee it's the last scene that stan lee's in and he has a, a big uh, speech that he um, that he gives to uh, Kevin Smith's character or someone else, I forget. And then he and but before that he was walking to the left, and then he gives his big speech and it's great and it's fantastic. And then he walks to the right, and then the cinematographer was like, "Do you want him to take that again?" And Kevin Smith's "Like fuck, no, that was great." So sometimes you got to let it go for the sake of a great shot.
1: Yeah. But I don't I don't know why that bothered me so much. It's such a minute detail, but I'm just like,
0: "Fucking come on." It proves that you watch this movie too much. How many times have you seen this movie?
1: Uh, at least two dozen times, if not three.
0: See? It took me um seven times watching the princess ride to be annoyed by the stuntman and then nine times to be like i love the stuntman
1: <laughs> yeah it reaches a point where you're just like i hate this so much that i love it
0: no it's not that it's just that uh <laughs> but its flaws are part of its charm
1: okay yeah
0: yeah no movie's perfect
1: But the difference Uh, between The Princess Bride and The Departed is that The Princess Bride is a campy kind of a joke, whereas The Departed is taking itself so seriously all the time that that when you you get that difference, you're just like, oh, that makes it so (coughs) much worse.
0: It's a good thing that this is your favorite movie. Otherwise, that would either not bother you as much or ruin the movie forever.
1: Yeah, probably ruin it forever. But it didn't, so I'm happy. Yay! Who's your favorite um, character? Oh, it's Frank, hands down. Uh, no, no question, he's awesome. He's great. As, evil as As evil as he is, he's just such a compelling character because he is so unabashedly evil.
0: He's so evil, and he's just, he's one of those villains that you just like, I just, I don't know if
1: I want to join you or if I want to kill you. Yeah, he's just so charismatic, and you're just you're drawn to him immediately.
0: I love charismatic villains so much. Like, so good. There are villains that I love that are hate Like, um, Do you know what hate-sync is?
1: I think I have an idea, but if you wouldn't mind explaining it.
0: So, uh, Umbridge from Harry Potter is just so oh, evil. Worst character in the whole
1: series Best on. character
0: in the first In the whole <laughs> series She's great, all right? Because she's just so unlikable That you just don't care uh, You don't want anything positive to happen to her You just are like I just hate you so much And I want you to die Yeah. Voldemort couldn't get that kind of level of hatred And he tried Hard wow.
1: uh, So See the thing with Umbridge in Voldemort is everybody knows an Umbridge and they can relate that to them. So it makes it so much more of a visceral experience to hate Umbridge. Made Whereas Voldemort. Baltimore... Cats! cats. <laughs> I love cats! Certain cats are good. A lot of cats are assholes. And I know I just pissed off a bunch of cat people, but dogs are better.
0: Dogs are better. My cat is just like, a... hey, are you going to feed me? And then my dog is like, "Hey, you're gonna feed me up. This is great. I haven't had food since breakfast. This is the best time of day."
1: Oh, you you got some food for me? Oh, I'm so excited.
0: Uh this movie, but it's all dogs.
1: <laughs> the Departed.
0: The Depounded. <laughs>
1: uh we go on tangents. I, but um, that's the, the beauty of podcasting is you can just have like a central premise and then just go completely somewhere else. But then you find your way back to that yeah. same through line. So anyway, the departed.
0: So Umbridge is a hate sink, <laughs> but Frank is just too charismatic for that. He's Yeah.
1: Because he's such a, like as bad as he is, he's such a, a likable villain. His charisma
0: makes you forget for a moment that he's just a terrible person. Yeah. That's why he got murdered. Because he has to. Because if he got away with it, then you'd be like, he wasn't so bad. It's just like, oh no, he was. He was so bad.
1: Yeah. And that's that's one of the other differences between The Departed and um, uh, Internal Affairs. You don't get the same visceral experience uh, with the main antagonist in Internal Affairs, in my opinion, that you do with The Departed because you truly see the brutality of Frank in The Departed, whereas in Internal Affairs, you only see him at surface level. You don't get these, like, really um, personal interactions with the Frank counterpart in um, Internal Affairs. And that's one of the reasons why I prefer the departed over internal affairs. Don't get me wrong. Internal affairs is a phenomenal film. Um, but it's, I just feel that the pacing and the way that the story was structured, I guess those two things are kind of interchangeable, but I just, I just loved how the departed was presented. Also, I have nostalgia biased. So whatever. It's a great yeah, film. Like,
0: I was nostalgic for Son of the Mask. You were nostalgic for The Departed. I think that you win.
1: Oh, for don't worry. I'm nostalgic for some other terrible movies. So,
0: Have you seen don't Son worry. of the Mask?
1: I haven't. And I, no, haven't, I haven't even seen The Mask.
0: See The Mask. Don't see Son of the Mask. Pretend <laughs> that it doesn't exist. It's a terrible movie.
1: Yeah, it's one of those follow ups that just isn't even remotely similar to the original. Like it's... Mean Girls 2. Does it what? Yeah, there's a Mean Girls 2. Oh my god, cancel the podcast! I gotta watch that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is one of my favorite movies. Okay, we're,
1: not, we're not talking about The Departed now, we're talking about Mean Girls 2 and how garbage it is.
0: All right, fine. Mean Girls is one of my favorite movies. It came out mean Girls, like, phenomenal. Everyone, said, everyone universally said that was great, even though it shouldn't be. It should be shallow and stupid,
1: but it's great and silly. But it's written by Tina Fey, and Tina Fey is a Fucking wizard. She's, She's amazing. Wizard. <laughs> She's a word wizard.
0: Which is the best kind. She's so <laughs> cool. I love mean Girls a lot.
1: Such a great film. Uh huh. So yeah. just endlessly quotable. And that that's one of the things that speaks to me and one of the reasons why I, bringing it back to The Departed, love The Departed. This movie is endlessly quotable for me. Especially. Um, oh, um. It's uh, when uh, S- Sergeant Dignam is uh, talking to the special, or like the the main group of investigators that are led by Alec Baldwin's character. Um, when the FBI guy is like, uh, uh, "Do you have guys in with Costello? and he's just like, "Maybe, maybe not, maybe fuck yourself." <laughs>
0: That's a great response to just
1: It's so good There's so many great I, clapbacks in this movie
0: I want to find a reason To say maybe Maybe not Maybe go fuck yourself
1: I, I say that almost weekly
0: I I'm just I don't know anyone well enough That they'd that I could say that And they wouldn't be like
1: Dude, what the fuck Just start using it and people will accept you for it <laughs> You live in Australia. People are rude there, right?
0: No, we're not oh. rude. We swear because we care.
1: Okay, okay. I like I like that way of putting it.
0: Yeah. Most it's part of the fucking rude. language. We're not insulting anyone unless you're fucking moron. True. It, but like <laughs> swearing is just like it's a form of endearment.
1: Yeah, that that's the same with um people from mass and also New England, where I'm like New England as a whole, we insult each other. We we are savage to the people we are closest to. Like if you saw me and my friends talking to each other, you'd be like, "Do you guys hate each other? Why are you being so mean to each other?"
0: Nah, I don't hate each other. He's a good cunt.
1: Yeah, hey, is he a good fucker? <laughs> He's good
0: shit. Oh, good shit is a solid, solid um, thing yeah. all the time. Yeah, and I know Tony. He's good shit. This is good shit. That's bad shit. You can't, don't get your
1: shits mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you Do you have a favorite line from this movie?
0: I I can't remember any of them now that you ask me. I I literally and just <laughs> like, I I just experienced the movie and it's just all great, but the opening monologue um, that gets you into the movie and into the world is just like fucking.
1: And also the use of found footage and the music that's playing. Mm -hmm. Um, The, what is it? Uh, It's like, there's just a shadow, wait. I can't remember the name of it. Um, But it it just sets the tone of the movie so well. And then it it reoccurs so many times throughout the film. And I just love it. The soundtrack of this movie is awesome. The (coughs) Dropkick Murphy is the best. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, get excited. When? When shipping off to Boston comes on, there is nothing else you can do but just get pumped.
0: It's one of the best songs in this movie. I really like uh, music in general. I like music that sets the mood. I appreciate original songs, but if you can just use like um, already existing songs and it sets the mood and gets you pumped up, that works too, it's so good.
1: Yeah. No, this, this film does such a good job with the score to set the tone and I I started to pick up a little bit on their use of um like uh, oh god what is the term I can't think of it but it's used a lot in Star Wars where a certain character will have like a theme associated with them. Yeah, this I started to yeah, I started to pick up a little bit of that on The Departed where there would be a certain song that would play whenever Frank's in the room or there's like a certain way that the music will swell when another person comes in. And I, I, I didn't pick up on it a- enough to really be able to pinpoint every single moment, but I, I started to pick up on motifs. That's the word that it, it came to me.
0: Yay. Well done.
1: Yay. I went to film school.
0: Um, I really, really like this movie a lot. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> it's one of those there, things that you just watch, What that I just watch once, and I'm like, I get it. I get all of these references now.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely see that, and I've felt that with other films before. Um, but this is one of those films where I don't watch it all the time. I'll watch it every, like, six months or so after I've had a long enough break to recoup. I, um,
0: I'm like that it, way with some movies.
1: Yeah, like it's not one of those like on repeat movies that you can just throw on anytime and just watch. You have to like invest yourself in this because it's two and a half hours. It's two and a half hours. (sighs) It's a long movie. It doesn't feel
0: long though, which is good, which is uh, a testament to the pacing because I've seen like 85 minute movies that are longer than this. It's so. It's two and a half hours. It's also got heavy themes. You have to invest yourself in this. Yeah. It's not something that you can just have in the background.
1: No, you have to be focused on what's happening. Because if you miss one detail, you'll be so confused. Like the first couple times that I watched it, I did not pick up on the fact that Frank became an FBI informant. Even I didn't realize sad. that that happened. I know, because I was just, I was a little kid and I was just like,
0: oh, they're shooting people. Oh, fair enough. I picked that up on the first watch because they say, holy shit, you're the informant. And I'm like, oh, he's the informant. Because they said so. How did you not pick up Well,
1: here's the difference. You watched it when you were an adult. I watched it when I was 15. Or younger, probably.
0: Well, with that voice, I heard you were younger. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. I... I like going back to movies I saw when I was a kid and uh, seeing them as an adult. I saw the Addams Family movie. And I, when I was a kid, I'm just like, ha, there's a hand. And and they're doing spooky stuff and it's funny. And then I'm just like, ha, they're talking about BDSM.
1: Yeah. It's it's like in Shrek when Donkey and uh, Shrek show up at Lord <laughs> Farquaad's castle. They're just like, <laughs> thinking have been saving for something and I'm just like, ha they're talking because he's short. And then I became an adult and was like, oh no, they're talking about dick size. I get it now.
0: <laughs> but that's like a metaphor with, with Adam telling they're just talking about sex a lot. And there's a great scene where they're dancing and then all the wine or champagne corks exploded. So like, Oh, oh yep. all right. And Wednesday yep. is just like, Oh my God, I wish I was you. Cause she's <laughs> shit right in the in the show uh, Wednesday Adams was just like I have a pet octopus I call him Harry or whatever and in this she's like I hate all of you and the fact that this and this thing you're doing is super racist and I'm going to cook you alive it's just like oh my god I want to be her
1: <laughs> she's so morose
0: yeah the fact oh, it's so good she's just so sassy
1: um Let's just talk real briefly about um, the scene in the porno theater. All right. Who in their right mind would ever go to a public place to view pornographic material and do whatever it is they're doing there? Oh, I can... Why is
0: that in public? I reckon the only reason that that thing exists is because there is no internet. And thank God the internet exists now because, like, for fuck's sake...
1: Come on, DVD rental places, VHS rental places—they have a porn section. Everyone has a porn section. Every single bit of like video
0: media was in was uh, succeeded because they allowed porn. VHS succeeds because there's porn. DVD succeeds because there's porn. Blu-ray succeeds because there's porn. The only thing VR that, uh, VR is it's huge because of porn. The uh, the one thing that uh, Lazy Disc. Did you a Laserdisc?
1: Oh, I know well about Laserdisc.
0: Laserdisc failed because they didn't allow porn. The guy who invented it didn't have porn on it, and so DVDs took over Laserdisc.
1: Poor Laserdisc man. Should have gotten more into porn.
0: Yeah. He might
1: be rolling in the dough if that were the case. Oh. Case. Case.
0: I'm just, I'm just... Gotta, no, all right. Uh, I'm glad we talked about porn. <laughs>
1: You can cut that section out if you want. Oh, no.
0: With your shame. <laughs> the fact that he came, that uh, Jack Nicholson came in wearing a, like the classic like
1: overcoat. Oh, that trench coat. And then and then when he's pretending to come in fucking uh, Colin's face. Oh. He's just a
0: disgusting human. But he's also, I want to bad. see a scene where he goes to a sex shop because I imagine that he's the one that bought that dildo.
1: He probably owns the sex shop. He owns the porno theater, so he's got to own the sex oh, shop.
0: He owns the porno theater. Yeah, he probably owns. He's but even if you own like a sex shop in a like a mob way, it's just like so. I like to buy one dildo, large, <laughs> and and hey
1: yo, I can I get a big black dildo, please? Thanks.
0: My fa- and then the guy's like. He owns the sex shot, and he could kill me. So I'm not going to mention it, but he's probably
1: gay. And then, do you know if Frank is gay? <laughs> I, I don't know. Five he minutes later, that guy is found dead. I don't know. He bought
0: a dildo. Uh, let's <laughs> not mention it. He does have a gun. Good point.
1: Yeah, I don't want to die, so let's just keep this on the hush-hush.
0: Because <laughs> whether or not he is, he will kill us if we tell anyone. He'll probably kill us anyway. All right, let's tell everyone. Fuck it. <laughs> hey, Frank's gay! <game. laughs> it's the weirdest thing. He just came in, bought dildo, measured it. He was wearing a thing. He says he's going to watch porn. No idea. I want to see, yeah. like, I want the option, now that we have VR, to just stop movies and follow other characters. Just select a character, and it's just like, I would follow your story for the
1: rest just of the Just follow the most tertiary character. <laughs> just get the perspective of the dude who gets stabbed when uh, after that scene in the alleyway. Yeah. Just like, what was he doing before that? How was his work day? Were his co-workers nice? What's his family life like? I'd be curious to know. Does he have a family? Does he have a I want to know these things.
0: He's a uh, he teaches primary school,
1: and then works at a restaurant at, at nights to make ends meet. And then what happens? He gets stabbed by a corrupt cop.
0: And then we follow. And then we follow all these. Oh my god, it'd be a nightmare to film. Yeah. But I want it.
1: <laughs> One of the things I love is in the scene after the chase scene from the porno theater. Um, is when Colin is using the surveillance footage and he keeps zooming in and it's the most pixelated image but he keeps zooming in like he's going to like zoom in far enough that he's going to reach a singularity and understand who this, this guy is
0: It's not uh, like, cup shows It's just like if this was a, on a cup show he'd just go enhance Zoom and in Add enhance. pixels <laughs> It's
1: like that doesn't, that's not how technology works
0: my favorite part about that cliche of enhance the image is that in a Law and Order episode where they do that literally all the time, one of the lawyers is just like, "So how did you get this giant, very, very clear image from a, like a crowd shot?" And it's just like, "That's uh, classified." Uh, well, we did this and that. We added things, and it's like, "So you were guessing? You had the computer guess what it looked like?" It's just like it's not that complicated, but you were guessing Because this is the actual thing And it was like a huge crowd shot With the guy like at the back And it's just like, ah <laughs> Law and order, you've become self-aware Ugh.
1: Why do you have to be meta?
0: It's very, it was a very good episode Because it's yeah. just like, yeah I could argue literally that And I'm not even a lawyer
1: Yeah, some of the stuff That happens in those TV shows Is so unrealistic but anyway, um.
0: the, and now cop shows have gone from like Law and Order to now Lucifer, where it's the devil and he's the actual devil and he's bored, so he joins the cop.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that show yet. It's my
0: favorite show,
1: really? It's
0: bonkers. I love it, and um, Lucifer is um, a David Bowie fan. <laughs> comic is designed to look like David Bowie but they got Tom Ellis so they just made him a David Bowie fan so he owns a nightclub
1: oh that's awesome
0: uh, and he plays David Bowie songs which is great for David Bowie because like this millions of years eternally old um, demon that's seen like the beginning and end of universes and it's all powerful loves
1: you and it's like this guy Mr. Devil, who's your favorite artist of all time? David Bowie. David Bowie. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. David Bowie is awesome. He's fucking
0: great. Oh, God, I love Lucifer so much.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That just sounds like a really bad I Love Lucy spinoff.
0: But I, I saw the <laughs> I love trailer her. to that. And I, I saw the trailer that. I'm like, this looks dumb, and it's going to be canceled after, like, nine episodes. So I never watched it. And then uh, three seasons in, I'm just like, "Fuck, this is the greatest." Yeah, is this cheesy and campy, and fun? <clears throat> I love it so much. Do you watch other yeah. cop shows or cop movies?
1: Oh, I used to watch SVU for a while. I was I was into Bones for a little bit, um, but I haven't really watched any cop shows recently. My sister's been telling me to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I just haven't taken the time to do so.
0: Brooklyn Nine-Nine is one of those things that people keep telling me to watch and I'm just like, uh, but I'm busy.
1: Exactly. I have so many other things to watch before I get to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I like, have to finish Game of Thrones.
0: I'll do- apparently you shouldn't. I haven't seen it. Any I other. don't
1: care. I'm going to finish it. I know that people are disappointed with the ending, but it's like every show is disappointing in the end except for like, a handful of really good endings.
0: That's why I like limited series a lot because like Avatar The Last Airbender is just like three seasons. Uh, water, Earth, Fire, we're out. All right. And yeah. um, then there's uh, Good Omens, which is out now, which is only one season.
1: Yeah, I, I saw the like promotional material for that. That looks interesting, but I only want to see it because of David Tennant.
0: I want to see it because it's David Tennant and it's my favorite book.
1: Oh, it's based off of a book?
0: Yeah, it's based off a book by uh, Terry Pratchett. And um, Terry Pratchett wrote Discworld, which is my favorite book series. Okay. And it's just like, uh, the Earth's going to end in like five days or something. And it's just like, cool. Here's what we do. We have to raise the Antichrist for like 10 years. Then he'll either be pure good or pure evil. You and I... Uh, I'm the demon. You're the angel. We're best friends. Let's hang out, um, and uh, raise this kid. And it will either be pure good or pure evil. And then, like eight years later or something, and he's just like, "I don't think this is the antichrist. I think those nuns fucked up." Fuck. We got like uh, like four months. God damn it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: So I, like, I, so I I may have to so check that out. Half or something. It's so funny.
1: Yeah, well, I'll have to check that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the ending of The Departed is a little bit different from um, Internal Affairs. Um, so in Internal Affairs, the the corrupt cop doesn't actually die. It just kind of has this ambiguous ending, um, and the. The reason he doesn't die is because the movie is based on the idea of a continuous hell, kind of like a purgatory, um, where the person who is in continuous hell never dies, but they wish they could. So it's supposed to represent that the main character in um, Internal Affairs is now going to be in like a purgatory living hell situation, and there's actually a sequel or two to that film, but I haven't watched them yet. Um, so I'm curious to see where they go. Um, but I I just like the idea of the bad cop getting his comeuppance. Another reason why The Departed is better.
0: I like the bad guy losing. I know, weird, but like I appreciate it when the bad guy uh, loses. And when he doesn't, then it takes in all of what he does, and people can argue like morality and stuff. And it's like, no, he's a bad cop. He's terrible, and he got shot in the face.
1: Yeah, he, he deserves his just desserts.
0: Yeah, exactly. Shoot him with a pudding.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So um, one of my buddies graduated from the New Hampshire Police Academy, and I went to his graduation, and. It was almost like the guy who was doing the graduation ceremony in this movie was the same guy who did the graduation ceremony in the New Hampshire police academy. Cause it was just this ambiguous cop dude with a little bit of a like a New England accent. He's just like, Okay, so we gotta you are now cops. Go forth and serve. And it was just like striking how <laughs> similar they were to like the fake cop.
0: and the real
1: real commencement speaker. It was so weird.
0: The director probably went, or the writer probably went, or both, went to a, probably went to a graduation ceremony for Cots, and it's just like, cool, we can do
1: that. I want him to do the speech. Bring him.
0: (laughs) Uh, That happened in another movie. What's that movie?
1: Uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah,
0: Full Metal Jacket. They got the drill sergeant and it's just like, hey, we have a drill sergeant in this, and he was training the actors to um, to act like drill sergeants. And then, like a week in, they're just like, "God, he's really good."
1: Can you just do the part? You're yeah, just you're perfect.
0: Good? We don't And, do and he right was guys. perfect. We'll, we'll just give you the scene, and then you can just like do whatever it is that you do. And he's like, just yeah, all right.
1: Just do your thing. <laughs> we'll we'll do ours." Uh, that's another movie with some great one-liners. I guess it's mostly just the fact that the way that these people talk to each other in the movie is, like, the people that I grew up with and how, like, the people I work with now talk to each other. Everybody throws shit at each other constantly. No, you can never tell if anyone is genuine or not because everybody's so sarcastic all the time.
0: Um, My favorite... Uh... My favorite joke like that in this is when the guy's talking about um, getting a blowjob and he's like, I'm glad your mum will uh, support you like that.
1: <laughs> Fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> just, just a tremendous amount of shade. I love it.
1: Uh, I know we already went over one-liners, but I'm going to drop a couple other ones on you. Go for it. Um, in uh, the scene where... Uh, Colin is telling Frank that he's supposed to be looking for himself. He's just like, with everybody looking up their own ass and you looking for yourself, I'm, I'd put my money on nobody finding nothing.
0: <laughs> it's so good. I, I like uh, that he was put in charge of the investigation to find uh, who's the rat. And it's just like,
1: no so, It's like, I'm supposed to find myself. Like, this couldn't be any more perfect.
0: It's brilliant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just such a good movie I, I love it it's, I, don't, I don't know it's just so good it's so good
0: no explanation needed it's just so good why just, are we even here just watch it
1: yeah. why are you listening to this now go watch The Departed then turn this back on and then do whatever you want to
0: yeah just, just watch The Departed we got nothing else we can say except just go watch it
1: All right, here's a tip for you guys. I'm going to tell you something right now. You need to go watch The Fucking Departed because it's the greatest movie ever. There may be a couple bad cuts, but you just got to fucking watch it, appreciate it for what it is, and then you can fucking get yourself a great movie, and then you can just chill back with a beer for two and a half hours, and you'll be fucking set, bud, okay? All right? It's a wicked pisser. Piss. (laughs) That's like the most New England saying ever. I love it. Wicked pisser, bud.
0: Australians use piss in, like, every second sentence. Why haven't we stolen that?
1: Now, what do you think wicked pisser means?
0: Uh, it means it's really good. And it's like that feeling that you get when you take a really good piss.
1: Yeah, that's 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 one of the reasons, or one of the definitions, but I originally <coughs> first heard it as, like, a really big rainstorm. Like, oh, oh yeah, that, that storm the other day was yeah. a wicked pisser bud.
0: We use pissing down for that. Uh, which is the same thing, really. That's funny. I, yeah, I really like this movie, and I'm, i if there's no way I was gonna watch it without being prompted.
1: So well, I'm glad I prompted you, so I could give you this wonderful experience.
0: It, it's really good. Um, I need to see more of Jack Nicholson's stuff. I haven't seen much of his stuff.
1: Um, what's What are some of the other ones? I wasn't so much a fan of it, but he's really good in The Shining.
0: I love The Shining. There's a sequel was... to that coming out. Is there really? Yeah. Um, and apparently it's a sequel to the book. Because so Stephen King wrote a sequel to the book. And he's just... And they're like, we're not going to do the sequel unless we get Blessing from Kubrick's family and also Stephen King, who hates the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie's really fucking great. But I know why he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it because of Jack Nicholson's character.
1: Yeah. So, me and my brother in law talked about this on our podcast. But um, it was, he was so good in the manic moments of the film. But when he was just being a normal person, it just felt like he was already crazy. Like he he didn't really have the switch.
0: That's yeah. why he doesn't like it. He doesn't like the fact that Jack Nicholson is just crazy from the start. Yeah, exactly. He's meant to but be corrupted it, by the hotel.
1: Yeah, but the scenes where he is supposed to be crazy, he's phenomenal in. Like that scene where like the infamous all <laughs> in the play makes Jack a dull boy. It's just like that's iconic cinema. Like, you can't outdo that. It's so good.
0: And he wrote uh, Red Rum like 5,000 times, by which part, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: uh the secretary of C- uh, Stanley Kubrick wrote Red Rum 5,000 times.
1: Yeah, and for each separate language, they had a different, well, it wasn't Red Rum, it was All Work and No Play Makes Jack a Dull Boy, but like that entire manuscript was hand-typed, um, but they did it for each separate language release. So they had like a German version that was all in German or like a French version that was all in French. So not only was it one secretary who wrote up all that, it was like a group of people who wrote it in like, I don't know however many languages it was released in, but it, it was such an undertaking. Kubrick sounds like a nightmare to work with. Dude, I can't even imagine. Like the fact that he did so many takes to get it perfect...
0: He did so many takes to get it perfect. And I like Princess Bride better, which has barely one take.
1: <coughs> yeah. Princess Bride is, in my opinion, better than The Shining as well. It's just such a good movie. It's... But not as good as The Departed. No. Well, Greatest I all time.
0: this is your episode. <laughs> I, Come I, at I, me, bro. I want to do the Princess Bride on this, but I need to find someone else whose favorite movie it is. I'm sure you'll... I can just yeah. talk about it by
1: myself. You could just do, like, an hour-long rant where you're just like, this is a great movie.
0: I'm going to tell you all my favorite things about it. And Someone then else I... can interview me. Exactly. All right. Uh, this has been really fun. Yeah. No, this was a good time. Um, I, I'm i glad I saw The Departed. <laughs> it's It's been, like, on my watch list for the past seven years.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad I could push you to do so, because... It's like again, it's my favorite movie of all time. I've and it has been since I watched it back in oh seven, oh six or whenever I watched it for the first time. It's been the longest standing favorite for years. So
0: I um I, I when I when I saw the start of it, I'm just like, oh I can't do this today. <laughs> I just ditched it entirely and just went to bed. Um because it's like, it's heavy and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't it's, need this today. It's
1: so heavy at points. Like the scene where Frank is holding that dude's severed hand as he's eating the lobster super messily and he's talking to William. That's just such a great scene. Because it's the first time that William has like one of the first, like one-on-one interactions with him. And oh, it's just so good. Uh I feel like, like again, I, I've, I've been saying it's so good, but it, it is. Like,
0: just watch it. This is the place for you to say that <laughs> the movie's really good. Yeah. Uh, everyone watch it. But after they do that, where can they find you?
1: Well, they can find me on uh, Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher, on Spotify. Uh, we are Me and my brother-in-law do a podcast called The Bang Average Movie Podcast. Um, we're also on Twitter at BA Movie Podcast or on Instagram um, at Bang Average Movie Podcast. Um, but yeah, we—it's me and my brother and or brother-in-law—and we pick a movie each month. We have a, a theme, and we'll pick a movie each week and just talk about it. And we mainly focus on like comedic comedic aspects, but there might be a a thing or two that we might give you as like a nugget of information. But
0: go check us out. I think we're cool. I think you're cool too. Oh, thanks man. Um, you can find me at Aussie nerds pod on Twitter, uh, Aussie nerds on Facebook, subscribe to this. I'm on Podbean, but you can find me on all the places. Uh, each week I talk to someone about their favorite movie and, uh, I'm setting up to do classics month really soon. And instead of, instead of finding people and saying, what's your favorite classics movie? I'm just, I just went to, uh, facebook groups of classic fans and ask them what their favorite movie was
1: (laughs) well what were the ones you came up with you can cut this out if you want
0: nope uh it's gonna be a surprise
1: okay all right it's it's
0: good um i'll give you a hint for the first one Mm. (laughs) all right i know it Uh, yeah yeah that's gonna be fun um until ne- so, all the links are
1: in the description. Um, until next time, goodbye. Bye.